pitch and bang, 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 it's gone. Welcome to Stumps. Yes, welcome back to Stumps. Great to have your company wherever you may be listening to us or joining us on the program at this point in time. Big appeal for LBW from Yashir Shah. Pitched outside leg stump, I think. Kawaja 38, not out. Smith 58, not out. And it has been given not out. So we are celebrating the VB hard-earned moments. Victoria Bitter celebrates the greatest moments in cricket history with 10 limited edition cans this summer. And what it does is it commemorates moments. Last week we caught up with uh, Justin Langer about Australia's five-test Ashes whitewash in 2006-07 on the back of the 05 series. We also uh, heard a little bit around the Invincibles tour of 1948 as well. But, of course, there are two famous tied test matches, one going all the way back to 1960-61 when Australia and the West Indies locked horns in a famous series, uh, Tom. And in a moment we'll have a chat about the other. But first of all, that was obviously uh, a test match that really reignited passion in the game. Yeah, the West Indies came out to Australia and, and, and the history books say that the 1950s were probably the blandest decade for test cricket. There was a lot of draws, a lot of defensive batting and the interest started mm. started to wane in many respects. But then the West Indies came out and the whole of Australia just got around an amazing test series. And in the end, that test at the Gabba, which was a tie, um, was, a, was a thrilling finish. And it's amazing that that was 1960-61 um, and then, and before then, there was what eighty odd years of mm, Test cricket mm. without a tie. So it was a result that had never been before, and it probably just um, it encapsulated the Australian public. They had uh, Worrell as West Indies captain, Benno was a much loved Australian captain, and both teams were really just appreciated and much loved in Australian culture. And the other point as well is the the West Indian team; they're all full of coloured and, and, and black mm-hmm, players. Mm-hmm. And, Although they had been to Australia before, never had they been as adored and loved in Australia as they were in this series, which was an absolutely thrilling uh, group of test matches. Yeah, I think they got a ticket tape parade mm. uh, down the other uh, main street of Melbourne uh, at the conclusion Unheard of that series, and they yeah. lost too. So, <laughs> and a visiting team who got beaten. And, and you're right, there was that. There were a lot of five test series that were one mm. nils, where you get, you'd have one result, and then the rest of the series would be a grind, and teams would make take two days to make 350, 400 mm. runs, and it became a bit of a battle. But the West Indies, with that obviously Calypso flavour. So Frank Worrell, you had I think Weeks and yeah, Wes Hall, Wes was a Hall big fast and bowler, yeah. Charlie Griffiths might have yeah. been the other one of those. Al Valentine, yeah, so, they had a lot of good players. And of course, the other of those tied Test matches was in 1986 between Australia and India. So the Aussies involved in uh, both of those Test matches, and this had a, a thrilling conclusion, a, a remarkable end, and that was a rapid fire LBW off the uh, off the final ball of that uh, particular innings. Greg Matthews picking up five wickets, and it was uh, Ravi Shastri who was at the non-strikers end trying to get uh, India home. And it was, for anyone who hasn't seen this on YouTube, it was a lightning LBW decision where the other finger sort of just shot up. And here's what Ravi Shastri uh, thought of it from the non-strikers end. I put my hand up there, not knowing what's happened at the back. The celebrations have started. Turn back. Ooh, his hand has already gone up and come down. I said, what happened there? He said, no, no, he's out. I said, when did you give him out? I, I couldn't see it. By the time I turned around, he was... Everyone was walking off the park. And you're still convinced to this day that it was an inside edge? Oh, absolutely. So there he is, uh, Ravi Shastri. And yeah, I mean, it, it was so quick. I don't know whether the umpire in the moment sort of panicked a little bit mm-hmm. and, and just stuck the finger up in, in reaction to it. But um, we talk about spinners and having an impact in India. Greg Matthews and, uh, and Ray Bright took five wickets each in that innings. Yeah, amazing. And it's also incredible that Kapil Dev never went wicketless in a series except for that one. So mm-hmm. it was just spinners galore. And that umpiring decision you talk yeah. about, if you look at the footage, it is the definition of a trigger. I reckon the ball had hardly hit the batsman's pads when he actually gave him out. Amazing. I'm just inter- interested to know 
Um, and there's been a lot written about that Madras test and, and the tie, whether, whether the players understood the significance of it at the time. Obviously, it was off-Broadway. It wasn't um, televised around the world like they are now. And whether they actually understood the significance of playing in a tied test, especially someone like Dean Jones, who, of course, made 210. And that's been in the news a little bit recently as well, with mm. Greg, Greg yeah. Matthews actually saying that yeah. it wasn't the innings that everyone thought it would be. It was a flat pitch and so on. But I think 210 is 210, especially when it's 150 degrees. Yeah, that's right. And, and look, he, I think he was hospitalised afterwards <laughs> and, and on a drip for a long period of time. But uh, India, I remember, were chasing 347 in the, the final innings of that match. So it would have been almost records for, for run chasers in, in those conditions. Yeah, it's a flat pitch, but it's amazing. You can have a team make 500-odd and, and the other team in the last day chasing the best part of 350. It's a, a classic test match in that sense. Yeah, and I would have loved to actually be there and watch it because yeah. the spinners from both ends, the overs would have been uh, pushed through quite quickly. And the batsmen would have been under the pump the whole time. So the fact that Dean Jones made that 210 and obviously Indian batsmen made runs as well to get through um, is quite an amazing effort. I, the best thing about that is, and as happened a couple of times before, mm. we're talking off air about mm-hmm. a West Indies game um, a couple of years ago, but four results possible with one ball yeah, left. That yeah. is unbelievable. Anything could happen. So the fact that the, the game was a tie... Um, so late in day five it was, uh, it was great for Test cricket I'd love to see it again but you can't really manufacture that can you? No you can't uh, Celebrating uh, VB's hardest earned moments Victoria Bitter for a hard earned thirst and, and yeah it's, it's I think Test match cricket can only provide that limited overs cricket obviously you have your thrilling finishes you talk about the Bevan match and things like that but but Test matches can have that you know that enthralling arm wrestle that, that, that basically goes all day and and we've, we've seen so many instances where you can have draws draws that are, <laughs> that are exciting that the game a few years ago was Peter Siddle bowled about 25 overs yep. in a row against South Africa and the test match one of my favourite test matches at Old Trafford in the 05 Ashes when Ponting batted the last day mm. and Australia made 9 for 370 odd to, uh, to defend that test so you can have some really exciting draws Yeah I think that's what people probably um, who aren't passionate about test cricket don't understand that yeah. the fact that you can have these three results and you have a t- team pushing hard for a win, mm. another team defending like that one you speak about, Siddle um, bowling to Faf Duplessis at the end of the day. And that was Duplessis, was that his debut? Or was it? it was, yeah, so, he made a ton. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the fact that you can bat for that long mm. is an amazing effort. Uh, these t- the 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 great thing about Test cricket is that you have these Test matches mm-hmm. that can go either way so late and they can swing and turn. But then you've got one team pushing so hard, the other team just trying to be a rock solid. A lot of the time, the best teams can do all three. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that Australian team in 05, Ricky Ponting batted all day. And um, and he thought they'd lost, but then they, they held on towards the end, which is terrific. Ray Bright, a former Australian spinner, took five wickets in the second innings of that famous tied Test match in 1986. And Ray, thanks very much for your time. Great to be here. How's the the feeling? I mean, we as a cricketer, you obviously know you're going to play in quite a lot of draws. You, you know you're going to get beaten from time to time, but I don't think you ever sit down and think you're going to play in a tied Test match. No, well, there's only been two in the history of uh, of Test cricket. Of course, the famous one uh, mm. in sixty sixty one, which uh, continues to get a massive amount of publicity, but uh, it's almost a forgotten tied Test way back in eighty six at uh, Madras. And one of the big tragedies of that was. Uh, there's not a uh, a lot of highlights of the game. I think there's about an hour of scratchy highlights from that particular game. But, uh, you know, nowadays that would have been beamed around the world and uh, people would have seen what an enthralling and, and tense match it actually was for the for the most of the five days. Ray, Tom Morris here. You you obviously played in that test and, and did very well and you said there's not a, lot, not a lot of highlights going around. So can you give us a brief summation of how the test ebbed and flowed throughout the first three or four days before that thrilling conclusion? Yeah, well, certainly. We, we won the toss and batted, as, as you would expect, and uh, we batted into the third day. I think we had three centurions, uh, and I think we got about, uh, I think we made about 500. I think Kapil Dev uh, decided not to bowl too much during that particular match. 
not much grass on the wicket, a little bit hot. So, uh, but we did keep out in the field uh, pretty well, and uh, we declared, I think, early on the third day, and uh, and then uh, obviously uh, India's turned the bat. We only lost four, seven wickets, was it? I think first innings, yeah, yeah, and, and five second innings. So we actually only lost twelve for the match, and um, you know I have heard a bit of complaining from the Indian camp that. Uh, that the last uh, decision wasn't quite out, but uh, they forget that uh, we had, they took 12 wickets and we took about 28 with all the things we got given <laughs> out over their course. Uh, in those days, uh, no neutral umpires and uh, a little bit of bias maybe, but a fantastic match. And of course, uh, you know, India did very well, I think, to get that many runs on the last day chasing well over uh, 300. So uh, a fantastic match all round. Of course, Mo Matthews getting five in each innings, uh, which was uh, a fantastic achievement all round. What do you think happened at the end there? Because as you say, it's it's legendary that, that in that period of time it was nearly impossible for Australians to get LBWs on the subcontinent, but that last ball was, was rapid fire. It was given out almost before it hit the pad. Well, it was, you know, and, and in some ways it was probably a fitting result. As I said, you know, we probably outplayed India for mm. most of the match, which which can happen if you, you bat well first innings over in the subcontinent. It tends to make life a lot easier, um, you know, and... I think England in, in the first test of this series had a chance to, to beat India, you know, by batting well first innings, but they didn't quite uh, capitalise. They probably set them a very, very difficult target on the last day. So, But, uh, look, that last decision, you know, a little bit of doubt maybe. I was a little bit delirious at uh, <laughs> out of cover, so I didn't have too much uh, too much idea whether it was out or not out. But, uh, you know, a fitting result for for a very tense match. One of the most famous innings of all time, and especially that in, in that series and, and in the 1980s, was Dean Jones' 210. And Greg Matthews spoke about it recently <laughs> and, and was, I guess, relatively critical of, of the adulation he received post that inning, saying it was quite a flat deck and you know, maybe it wasn't as hard as what he made out. What, what, what's your memories of, of his knock? And I guess, whose camp, oh. whose camp do you sit in? Oh, look, I, I don't sit in either camp, <laughs> really. You know, fantastic knock, no doubt about that. I also saw... Uh, Booney play well. I saw Dino play well. I saw Capel Dev play very well. He got a hundred, even though he was out plumbed to Steve War first ball. But uh, <laughs> we, won't go, we won't go into that. If he hadn't have uh, be, if he had been given out, maybe it wouldn't have been a tie. Hmm. Uh, but Dino's knock was was very good. No doubt. I batted for a while. I batted with him for a while, uh, and I was ill myself. So, but um, you know, the good thing about it was one of those nights, or he had to go into the hospital on a drip, and we didn't have to put up with him telling us what a great knock it actually was. So that was a, a bonus and a half. But, um, look, I, I think it was one of the better efforts of in, human endurance, obviously. No doubt about that. He was ill. Um, we were all ill for most of the game. You know, uh, conditions now overseas in India and the subcontinent are, are terrific. You know, the, the hotels, they stay at a first class. Um, you know, the umpiring's neutral uh, and everything's looked after very well for the players. So it was certainly tough. Um, in 86 and it was probably worse on someone like Bill Laurie's tour way yeah. back in 69 you know you feel sorry for, for what they went through we were probably better off in 86 but uh, a great knock and um, you know I, I think there's probably just a little bit of tension between the two to say the least maybe. <laughs> Can you paint a, a picture I mean I think I've heard a lot of people say Alan Border spoke I mean obviously we know the conditions are going to be hot and extremely humid but I'd be correct in saying that there was either an open sewerage main or a sewerage drain or something behind the stadium which obviously made conditions a little bit more uncomfortable given obviously the odours that would be generated through the heat? 
Well, yeah, I think it's called the Buckingham uh, Canal, which runs yeah. out the back. It's, uh, I'm not quite sure why they call it canal, because I'm not sure it actually flows. And, uh, <laughs> with, with no wind around, or if it did blow, it seemed to be blowing permanently over the, uh, over mm. the Madras cricket ground. And uh, it didn't make things very pleasant. You know, it was obviously up around 40 degrees every day, and very high humidity. And, and they talk about it as being uh, a test match played in uh, as trying conditions uh, as you could possibly imagine. So... With a uh, with a very bad stench coming from the canal, it didn't make uh, life very pleasant, you know. And I can remember our warm ups on the ground used to be just basically walking on the ground, and that was as far as uh, <laughs> we had to worry about it. You know, there was no uh, no use of excess energy strolling on the ground at all. So, uh, but it did make life very tough. And I just hope for the boys that go to uh, was Chennai now that they have cleaned that canal up because it, it doesn't make life all that pleasant over there playing. And Ray, you were off the field ill yourself as uh, as well, and Alan Border wasn't too pleased about that. Can you tell us what he said to you, or what what you uh, heard that he said to you? Well, virtually, I, I, I thought I'd have a quiet night on the first night of the match, and instead of having a few beers with the usual uh, drinkers, Boone, Marsh, Reed, Border, <laughs> I thought I'd have an early night because I might have to do some bowling next day. So, why well, would have a pizza in India way back in 1986? <laughs> I don't really know. I'm room service. Well, I thought all the my days were going to be over about three hours later, so I was crook. You know, uh, unfortunately, um, we batted first day. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't have known. Um, wouldn't have been able to get on the park, probably. But, but And I was still crook most of the game. I hardly ate for the whole game. And I was pretty weakened, and obviously in the conditions, it wasn't all that good. But uh, I, during the last day, I just couldn't think straight. I was trying to... I couldn't almost work out where I was bowling. The mechanics, I was losing a bit of coordination, and I, I just said to AB, I think I have to go off the ground for a while. I think surely there's someone who can at least get the ball in the area. I mean, I couldn't think straight and um, dehydrated and, and, and lacking strength and all the rest. So I went off for a while and uh, um, I sort of said, I think AB needs me out there. And I think uh, <laughs> Dave Gilbert, who was 12th man, went out and asked AB. And he, I think it was along the lines of get that weak so-and-so out here as soon as you can. <laughs> so uh, when when AB sort of said that, you, uh, you got your marching shoes on and... Uh, I think I jumped under a shower and uh, threw a bit of ice over me and uh, and off we went on the ground and uh, the rest is history. But, uh, you know, AB, he was well known as Captain Grumpy for, for certain reasons, but <laughs> he did a fantastic job of, uh, of really hardening up uh, cricket during a time when we were sort of battling a little bit. We'd lost uh, a lot of the players to uh, the South African Rebel Tour and, of course, the three greats, uh, Marshall and Chapel, retired just a year or two earlier. So we're in the doldrums, but that probably uh, really got things going in the world of Australian cricket. You know, he won the World Cup next year in 87 and, of course, the Ashes in 89 and went on a bigger and bigger, a better and bigger thing. So, um, you know, uh, a fantastic time in Australian cricket and, and, you know, we needed something like that tour to really... Um, to really kick it along. Just a final thought before we let you go. Obviously, you and, and Mo Matthews were able to take a lot of wickets. I think you took 17 of the 20 between you and the match in that particular test. But Australian spinners, as a general rule, struggle in India. We know it's spinning conditions, but they play it so well. Uh, why do you feel it was that, I guess, you guys were able to have that impact? And, and do we have the stocks that might be able to go to India on this next tour and, and do some damage? Oh, yeah. Look, oh, look I've been, I've done reasonably well in uh, in Pakistan in the early 80s. So I sort of had a bit of experience over there. And I also went to Sri Lanka as a, a 16-year-old uh, schoolboy and, and also to um, to uh, Sri Lanka again in 1981, so on the way to England. So 
I had a bit of a uh, a bit of experience over there, so that probably helped. And and Mo Matthews, being the competitor he is, it probably helped us a bit. And um, you know, I don't know. I think um, I, I'm not. I'm sure we got the stocks here. You know, Nathan Lyon, he he does very well at places like the Gabba where there's some bounce. But um, as good a record as he has, he just tends to struggle a bit in the subcontinent. Um, you know, so and of course even Warney. Um, with the lack of bounce over there in the subcontinent, probably wasn't as successful as he was in England and also Australia. But the one thing we've got to realise is the subcontinent players play spin bowling very well. So, you know, I'd like to see our bowlers bowl to our batters mm. and their spinners bowl to their batters and yeah. we might get a better idea of what level we're at. And I think that's something we don't quite understand, that, that, that their players, they're brought up on spin bowling from the time they're six, seven, eight years old when they, uh, of age when they start playing cricket. Uh, and, and our boys are brought up on good wickets, whether it be synthetic or turf wickets that are very good. The ball doesn't spin very true. So but once the ball turns, as it does over in the subcontinent, as we've seen what happens to our batters in recent times, and of course, we've got another tour coming up in um, in February to uh, February, March in India, and uh, we need to make sure we can play some uh, players who can play spin bowling, and, and there's none better at the moment than Peter Hanscom. He's really shown what he can do with some footwork. I know it'll be a bit tougher over there for him but uh, I think uh, you know we'll see him like players like him really stand out against uh, some decent spinners Ray great to get your insights on a a famous test match and hopefully we can speak to you again going forward no worries at all thanks Ray Bright joining us 1986 tied test match